0: 32 counties.
1: 32 questions.
0: My name is Una.
1: And my name is Andrea.
0: And this is United United.
1: Ireland.
0: Every week we take a county and dive into an issue relevant to that county and then see where
1: in the world it brings us. But this week, as we head into another lockdown, we are talking about ways we're all going to cope. Why this time it's different, what you can do to get through it without losing the rag. How to address your age. That last sentence was for
0: me personally. <laughs> um, before we start, uh, my sister informed me the other week that she was listening to the podcast and my niece um, was very annoyed that I wasn't talking directly to her or listening to her. So I would like to say at the start of the podcast because they are no longer in my 5k and I won't get to see them. Hello, Eloise. Here I am talking to you now. And also to Charles. Hello. Okay, now we can continue.
1: Yay. Hey, Eloise and Charles. Can't wait to meet you. (laughs)
0: Um, Patreon supporters, this is a direct call. Maybe we could have an alarm or some kind of klaxon in there, Andrew. (laughs) This is a direct call to anyone who um, is not being like Anyone who listens to this podcast whose financial situation or livelihood is not being badly impacted by the pandemic, uh, you are obligated to support us uh, as we traverse these next uh, very precarious six weeks. Can you afford five euro a month or euro in a bit a week, whatever four and five is, uh, to keep the podcast going? We need your help, Claxon sound. Go to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland. Is that really desperate? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then it captures my mood. Right. Um, <laughs> once you sign up to support us on Patreon, uh, you get the Sunday Soothe. Uh, we're going to need a lot of soothing over the next six weeks. Um, support the pod. Or maybe we won't. Maybe everyone's going to do meditation and yoga
1: and everyone's going to be chill as fuck.
0: Maybe, so maybe,
1: I, maybe I'm just angry. I feel angry. I don't think you're just angry if the Instagrams I've been watching are anything to go by. Right. But, um, but if you do feel some soothing requirements, support the pod. You get some merch. It's Bananas Totes are on their way out in the post to people. People are getting them. They're loving them. Plus, you get the soothe where we spend. We talk in very hushed terms like this about how we are so namaste with life and just, it's basically lying and faking shit. <laughs> Makes us feel better, grand, whatever. Um, and we pick a Sunday soother, and last week Sunday soother was Johnny Mitchell's Bonesides Now in a picks the suits. I pick the tune chicken rolls, and uh, there was a bit of a split in the crowd, wasn't there? There was Elaine Buckley was appalled that we would choose such a heartbreaking song for a suit, whilst you know, Sutton, um, A.K. Dizzy Dying First, uh, who includes uh, Johnny Mitchell's song in his DJ sets, was delighted we were kindling his love, of Jenny. Now, there was a call out for me to go and love Joni Mitchell because I didn't know any of her songs. So I went on a deep dive of it. Jenny is not for me. <laughs> Absolutely I'm- not. The more I listened, I was like, oh, my God, this is painful. <laughs> That's awful, isn't
0: it? Wow, Okay. Um, as you know, Andrea, she's one of my favorite artists. So uh, I really appreciate the time that you've taken um to protect me from my feelings. Um, Zadie Smith has a very well, if you good
1: stopped listening to her, you wouldn't need so much soothing. she's very moany and greedy. Oh my God, shut up. This is not a g- good start to this coping podcast where I am like
0: overbrimming with rage and resentment. But uh, Zadie Smith but has a have very
1: more tuna chicken earls, you'd be delighted.
0: <laughs> Zadie Smith has a very good essay on Joni Mitchell. Um, I think it was in her collection Get Free, was that the name of the essays? Anyway, um, and it's about the same thing, not getting Joni Mitchell and then one day hearing um River and and realizing it. So I just feel like you're at the start of a
1: journey that's going to be very fruitful. Yeah. Anyway, someone said that to me about guitar bands years ago, and they're like, You're just too young. I was like, that's so A patronizing, and B, they're still in bits. <laughs> okay. Not a part of the quitters. Thanks. <laughs> um, let's go
0: to the state of the nation. Okay. Um, look, we all know what's happening. Um, we're in lockdown again. The reasons for that, uh, you know, are v- like up for debate, I guess, in, in some ways. Um, We all know that it's going to be six weeks of level five nationwide. Um, Less clear is why we're doing it beyond just keeping the case numbers down, I guess. Um, I think like the WHO or like have this thing where if you want to have a lockdown, it has to be for a purpose. So like, why are you doing it? Are you going to, you know, really copper fasten your Like tracing and testing and all that kind of stuff. Um, Are you going to build capacity in the health service? Are you going to, I don't know, come up with a new economic model for uh, repeatedly setting everything to sleep uh, every few months for six weeks? Um, So I think, you know, obviously there's loads and loads of different issues with institutional outbreaks. Um, It is pretty clear that some people haven't been abiding by the basic fundamental guidelines. And I think it's like this kind of disconnection between guidelines and restrictions, like the restrictions are change, you know, things may open and shut or you may be allowed to meet one household or two or whatever, but the the fundamental um, guidelines remain the same distancing, not acting the maggot with a load of people not being in close contact with people, uh, wearing masks or, you know, washing your hands, blah, blah Um, And I obviously there's been a lot of piss taking um, over the last while and you can see it like, uh, you know, very, very obviously around the place. So um, considering that the state has also failed to some degree uh, across the testing stuff, um, contact tracing and generally having like a, a long term plan it does seem to be this weird acceptance kind of fatalistic that, you know, we're just going to be in and out of these kind of lockdowns. And if that's the case, uh, you know, they're really going to have to come up with, with something a little less traumatic because people uh, who have their own businesses, Andrea, uh, who are self-employed, me, uh, who, whose livelihoods are impacted by this, cannot keep do- cannot keep doing this you know and uh, there's lots of people out there who, whose livelihoods aren't actually impacted uh, to to a great degree and it's, and it's on those people to really kind of
1: consider everybody else I think Well we do have a geo economy now essentially and I, like there is conversations about maybe if this is going to happen, that the dual economy can support the ones who are getting fucked over a little bit, but that's a different uh, story. But I have been having conversations with people about um, why the six week guidelines are, are restrictions. And it does feel like it's almost like a reprogramming of people's minds to say, guys, this is fucking serious. Will you play by the rules again? And, the, and it, almost a reset of thought. And I'd love if the ESRI or something did it, uh, research maybe it's been done already of like you come out of level five people think it's grand then they start acting a different way and just the psychology of how people's how like we don't take it seriously anymore then the case numbers go up and then it's almost like we have to get the seriousness again of like it's level five this shit is still serious
0: mm. I think and I think it's easier to not take seriously if you know the the greatest imposition is that you have to work from home. Do you know what I mean? And, and that you're still getting paid the same amount or close to it. And, you know, yeah, you can't see your friends or your family or whatever, but like your career and your, you know, a year's work and your trajectory and your, the things that you were meant to do, you know, and you're like, and your future hasn't evaporated. And I, I guess the reason that I feel like it's so interesting, like, and this is why we're doing this, this podcast kind of this episode in particular to kind of process this moment. Um, and obviously it's about coping and positive vibes and we'll get into those in a second, but like
1: any minute now,
0: any minute now I f- I'm, I'm interested in my own feelings because they're so different to what they were the last lockdown right now. I, I just feel quite angry and um, kind of resentful and bitter because like I am one of those self-employed people who, uh, you know, who, who is so impacted by this, as are you as a business owner, you know, and all of the people that you employ. And, um, I, I I think you're probably less likely to fuck around with guidelines and restrictions if lockdown really, you know, had, had a major impact, you know, beyond just the inconveniences that we all face, because there are plenty of people, um, you know, who who are stacking up savings this year, whose salaries aren't impacted, uh, who just kind of didn't get to go on holidays and don't get to go to festivals and hang out with their mates. And like all of that is shit. And it's not people's, you know, nobody's to blame or, or guilty if you haven't been impacted particularly uh, by it in a, in a much greater way. But for those um, who are really feeling the the uh you know trauma and devastation of this and this is before we even get into people who've lost loved ones you know um on a practical level uh if you re- if this if lockdown if it shuts down film and tv productions if it if it cu- cuts all your work off if it closes your shop if it you know fucks with your hairdressing business or whatever it is like that's really really serious and people need to get and the government needs to get and are, you know, the systems that they're putting together need to get. Fundamentally, people really need to understand if you're fucking around the place and you know, having parties with your friends or going to a million dinner parties or whatever, that behaviour is harming other people very close to you and hopefully I think I think you're right Andrea, like that, that behavioural piece has been lost um, and it's been lost you know, in tandem with the government's bumbling as well, you know, and it's been lost by, you know, Leah Radker going on Clare Byrne and oh cutting the cutting the back off Tony Holohan saying, no, we're not going to do this and, you know, we're the government la la la, and then turning around two weeks later as we predicted and having to go back into it uh, uh, again, it's you know, it's divisive uh, it's confusing and yeah, it just feels a bit uh, it feels a bit like uh, It's just, it's not, it's just, it feels a bit (laughs) rough right now, I think. On that, uh, obviously one of the state of the nation pieces this week is the HSE's contact tracing system essentially collapsing uh, over the weekend because they had too many people to contact. They didn't have enough contact tracers and the solution was to ask the people who were positive cases to contact their own close contacts. Uh, What a mess and even a bigger mess Mihol Martin found out about it when somebody texted him the Irish Times article of it, um, with you know, state. Uh, and so, obviously, Stephen Donnelly, um, <laughs> Marie Curie herself, uh, has probably
1: has a lot of questions to answer over that. Um, it's like that bad to ask people to. Um, contact trace themselves like if I it's like an STI if you find it you have an STI you have to tell the people you slept with it's not like obviously it's not ideal but I don't know what, like it's not ideal I
0: think I think the the issue is I think a lot of people do it anyway like when they get a, a positive case they go once you Yeah, so they'll do it anyway, but you have to have a system whereby you can ensure that the people who've been in close contact have been contacted and that they then, if they need to get referred for a test, you cannot rely on somebody who's not, you know, uh, who's just a person to to do that. Um,
1: And I suppose it does uh, clarity involved because there was uh, somebody I know there, like, two away from them got a positive result and then they were like what do I do can I go to work can I blah 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 and then it was like I don't know and then somebody else and then it was like oh now what do I do and it's just you do. it is good I suppose to tell what you what you should do
0: yeah totally Um, Fungi the dolphin at the time of recording is still missing Um, I guess maybe he just like got sick of not having people hanging around going out to see him on boats would you say what would you say, a dolphin expert, Andre Horn? I
1: have an expert in uh, flippers of the world. Um, I used to love that program. I do not have, I don't know what I think about Funky but what I do know is that I absolutely adore that there was something on RIP.ie about Funky. There was a debt notice. Um, I also love that there was like two days after he was missing a piece on the national broadcasting news. I love that there is literally, practically a documentary made about trying to find him. It is just the most Irish thing in the world. And I absolutely, it makes me fall in love with Ireland even more.
0: I just just want Fungi to turn up. Um, Something good, though, that happened was uh, this... um, the government expert group that was looking at an alternative system to direct provision have proposed to replace it to something really different where there would be like state owned accommodation centers uh, where people would spend their first 3 months in the country and then a uh, kind of oh, new housing system yeah, yeah a new housing model yeah and so they've recommended that and um we'll see what happens i heard Roderick agorman on drive time kind of not being like captain conviction about it um, and again talking about like you know it's really over the lifetime of government like it's really long and he wasn't really committing to the dates that are there um, just I'm do it. I'm confused about Roderick
1: O'Gorman at the moment to be honest I like I don't really know much about him so I won't pass much judgement but the two instances that I've been aware of him in the last while is the mother and baby home ceilings and uh, that, then that so I'm like what what's going on? rock?
0: Yeah, I think that in both cases there're things that were started before he became minister. Um obviously sealing the archive of the Mother and Baby Home stuff is so ridiculous and shouldn't happen. Um maybe he's I just don't I still don't understand the logic. I really am trying to understand.
1: I can't get my head around it. Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: What else is going on state of the nation,
1: Andrea? Uh, in a joyous news, the Cabinet has agreed to draft an elect- electoral reform bill, which is amazing news, um, because we're going to have, a, a, hopefully, um, and well we will, an ele- if it goes through, an electoral commission, which is brilliant for elections, but also for um referendums and to make sure everything is fair and that we have a proper system and that there's a proper register that there's not double ups in the register so many brilliant things and it's been needed for so long and there's been so many people really working hard to get that over the line so applause to them in a lady gaga fashion and so that's brilliant news other uh, mad news I just can't get my head around this either and obviously it's a bit close to home but like there's an uprising is what all I can call it in the beauty world and the gym world about the lockdowns and the hashtag we won't close and I've just been really kind of going down a rabbit hole of it all trying to get come to terms with it of and it's I suppose their businesses are closing but so many others are hospitality, restaurants, pubs and I just am trying to get the psychology behind why it's the beauty world and the gym world that are really having this uprising and stand up Ireland. And there's a march on on Saturday to get our businesses back and all that jazz. It's like, just a bit worrying. And that's like, I'm going back to my psychology diploma days and trying to figure out why these industries are, are being impacted like this. Hmm. Do you you know what I mean? Like there's a few things being spouted around about like, A lot of these are cash in hand businesses, so there's no pub supports um, if you're not paying tax. And then there's also, I don't know, there's a a closeness to the anti-mask rhetoric almost of give us our country back and why is it sweeping through these industries. I think there's definitely a lot of uh, questions and stuff to be uncovered there. And I think we'll probably look at that sometime. I think it's just like panic as well,
0: right? Because like, it's how much more of this can you can you kind of take? And I think I know that I was banging on a lot about it, individual behavior there at the start, but it's very it is very frustrating when you see um, failings in places like meat factories and meat plants and in um, direct provision centers and you know stuff like parties after GAA matches and things like that and and other. Uh, businesses that have been doing everything by the book and been putting all the protections in place and have no cases are then have to have to close like I know I was talking about individual responsibility obviously there's a much more systemic aspect to it as well so it must feel pretty gaslighty um, to have been doing things right and then being told. But that can be said for
1: all Industries, I just yes, I, yeah, it can't, yeah, I, it I, can. anyway. Um, another thing again for the anti-maskers is, is really interesting that Sweden is considering local lockdowns, and so much of the time, Sweden's held up as this. Well, Sweden aren't doing any lockdowns, why like blah blah blah. It's clear, like, we just need to get um, everyone uh, exposed to the virus and then we can just live our lives and blah blah. blah. So, the fact Sweden. Are not the up anymore, um, is an interesting move. And um, yeah, in a good comms shocker this week was the level five announcement. And obviously there's the contents of it, which is making some people angry or upset or whatever. But the actual content of the speech in terms of the way it addressed the issues head on of what everyone was worried about at the start, like before making the announcement, it was like, look, we know this but we're not going to do that and all the questions that come have come after, the questions of the confusion and then the c- conversations, the never endingness of after all the last few announcements in your literature, it's like what about this, what about, it was just all in that speech and it was like finally a good uh, communication strategy seemed to be in place for that speech and it was a really, to be honest, a bit of a relief And um, I think Minhal Martin delivered it very well and I think it was uh, definitely and um, Yeah, it was a turning point in in that terms, but like I suppose good cons for government, but at the same time you have all the leaking going on and getting everyone anxious and the lead up to it. And it's like there's like testing policies and getting people ready in their minds. But the anxiety of waiting for that, because as soon as the announcements are made, everyone's literally like, okay, that's shit or th- whatever. And then you start moving on to make plans of how you're going to spend your 5k distance of what's close to you and all that jazz. So it's like just the anxiety of the not knowing I think makes everything worse. So that's a pain in the hell, And also whilst... Um, the double M was making a speech, Simon Harris going live on Insta at the same time, it's like, <laughs> no, you know, Simon Harris is my bae, but like, what the hell, it's just this constant um, move from Fina to like undermine absolutely anything that's happening from a Fina perspective, literally like Leo's on Clareburn, then Simon's going live on Insta, Colin Burke is flat out as at the spokesperson for health for gone, we really have to sort out this travel and people arriving and it's like babes you're the fucking government are you messing like um it's just like i really feel like they've they've got some sort of weird communication strategy uh, team who are just like really what's that where they're literally just going for the darkest way to win. It's like, we don't care once we win. And if we have to go down all these like mean-spirited ways of doing things, we're going to do it because we, it's just, I don't know, it's rotten. I'm not into it. But what I am into is uh, drug testing festivals got a nod in the budget 2021, which is obviously good for the health and wealth of all our young people. And it gives me hope that we will be, our festivals again
0: and now for the main part of uh, this week's episode it's lockdown 2.0 this time it's different let's have some soothing music there
1: smooth up
0: talking about um this lockdown and how it's going to be different obviously because we've already gone through one lockdown it was a summer everyone was having the lols and it got me thinking about the fears I help that- but wonder
1: that was a very <laughs> I
0: couldn't <laughs> help but wonder <laughs> meanwhile a tau downtown um but I couldn't help but wonder Andrea um uh, about all of the fears that people were expressing kind of in the run up to it. Like everybody kept talking about, oh, winter, winter is going to be coming. It oh, it's going to be a different story in winter. And, you know, we won't be all, you know, having picnics and drinking rosé in the park and blah, blah, blah. And yes, that is true. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about is that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it brought me back to what Mancon McGann was saying um on the episode that we did about his book, 32 Words for Field, about this kind of division and overlap in, you know, the Irish psyche, which we've kind of now lost a little bit of like uh, Canter versus Alter. So like the world that you live in, like your locality versus Alter, which is kind of like the nether world or the kind of the underworld and how that's really encapsulated in these two opposing ha like halves I suppose like the first lockdown and the second lockdown summer versus winter sunny versus dark social versus much more introspective and hibernation style and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think that just because it's not going to be all sun and light it it can be something else and while that thing may seem a bit maybe darker or more downbeat I think that it can offer us something else as well. So it's not like a shittier version or a bad version. It's just a different kind of version. Um, so yeah, that's what I was thinking about, that contrast and kind of digging into what we can do, we can learn from that.
1: I totally find this easier than the summer because when the summer lockdown felt like what we were missing. Whereas this lockdown feels like what we can absorb from it almost. It's like we know, we've we been through it. So we know how it works. We have, and when things aren't as unknown, it's easier. But also when it's dark, when it's sunny, you just are like, I want to be in the pub. I want to be at a festival. I want to be out enjoying the day. Whereas at least when it's dark and dirty outside, you're kind of like, if you're, lucky enough to have a nice place to call home we can, and you can just get cozy and what's that thing that IKEA started selling? Huggy. Hag. Hig.
0: Hig. Higge. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're going flat out higa for this lockdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Like Lockdown in a weird way is much more compatible with hibernation, right? Because you can just hide away Um, hopefully if you you know are in a in a living situation where you can't do that, I think as well, like what you're saying there, Andrea, about that we've been through before, okay? So I was trying to put myself in a mindset where I'm not just going to slip into doing the day to day, you know, oh, here's another day and and time's just like passing. I want to think about the lessons from the first lockdown. Like, what did I actually learn? Because I think we were very focused on coming out of it and getting on with our lives as much as we could, that maybe we didn't reflect so much on it afterwards. Like we were doing a lot of thinking about it at the time as it was happening. So what are the lessons from lockdown? What worked for you last time? What was a bad idea or what were bad practices? And what did you get a lot out of? Like what was really good? Um, What helped you cast your mind back to that and then make a list of those lessons and then like you'll probably be less likely to slip into bad habits like having lockdown hangovers which is the worst thing ever
1: I have heard from so many people who are like I am not drinking wine every night of this lockdown and like partying like it's 1999 every Friday and Saturday in my own house um on zoom like I there was a couple of nights during that one and I didn't drink after a while, but I was literally like El Loco on my own in front of a computer screen. It's so depressor martini. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot more people who are going to maybe use it as a time to dry out.
0: Yeah, and to not that that Zoom thing as well, to not be pressured into these like artificial socializing practices that are actually not very. Oh, like sometimes they're, fun.
1: They're, they're not nourishing.
0: No, they're not. More embarrassing. Um, The other thing is about, like, I think I was listening to, randomly listening to the end of um, Ray Darcy before Drive Time came on and someone was, I think it was Simon Delaney and he was going, oh yeah, and I wrote these scripts and then I actually wrote a novel during the last lockdown and everything. I was like, oh my God, give me fucking strength. Like I'm, you know, just crawling out of bed every morning, trying to put one word in front of the other. Fair play to everybody who got all their, you know, creative projects done. I found it really, really hard. Um, And I think, you know, sometimes when you're letting too much of the world in, in a way, um, and, and gorging on the news cycle and stuff, it can be kind of hard to focus, but with that in mind you don't have to do anything do you know what I mean? Like we've put so much fucking pressure on ourselves all the time, like we have no idea what next year holds, the future is evaporated, nothing is oh, any yeah. more
1: Stop it we are coming we are, <laughs> <calming>. we are <laughs> you don't need to do anything absolutely not, but not even you don't need to do anything, do something that's suits so- Soothes your soul and enriches your life and makes you feel better. And if that isn't enough of a reason to do something, what is it? doesn't have to be an achievement or a goal driven thing, it can just be something that's gorgeous and that makes you feel good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. take up masturbation. I love <laughs> yeah, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose just seeing it as like a period of personal growth and less about doing things or getting th- projects done because. I struggle sometimes with the aimlessness like that feeling of just kind of floaty aimlessness um, and obviously like the way you're you're not doing an incredibly amount a lot of people aren't doing an incredible diverse amount of things so this kind of flatness and mundanity can creep in so I'm definitely going to be focusing more on as you say Andrea like how do you nourish yourself how do you enrich yourself what kind of like spiritual or personal growth that I can do in this period and focus on that instead of like guilting myself about, you know, all the stuff I haven't achieved, which is obviously just bullshit and just ridiculous pressure from some kind of suburban trauma that I'm still recovering from.
1: Wow. I also think it's worth noting that. Just because there's a lot of restrictions in place and we're in a lockdown doesn't mean you can't do anything. And when you get into the habit of thinking, oh, God, we're in a lockdown, life is so shit, I can't do anything. It's very easy to just get up, watch telly all day or sit in front of your computer, scroll on Instagram, and then, oh, another day tomorrow, I'm doing nothing again. There is, li- I don't know if anyone knows, but, I'm like, oh, I'm into nature. Uh, but there's a <laughs> There is a lot of stuff to be doing in your county, nature-wise. And even if you listen to some of our previous episodes where we tell you things to do in nature, there's a lot. Um, But setting a day... like I work remotely all my life. Um, Not all my life, but like with Chop Hop, I'm not in there all the time. And I'm always working on about seven projects. But at the same time, I always put a structure on my day the night before because no day is the same so I don't have a routine so it's really hard to then I could very easily get lost into like a, a hole of not doing that so I put a structure in the day before the when I go to bed I write a little list I go to, and I have a kind of three time ticks I have to reach during the day it's like one I'm going to get up at that time have my chair, and bring the dogs for a walk that's your kind of like kick the day off then uh, go to somewhere because you feel much better when you go out of the house if it's to get a coffee or whatever it is just get out of the house in some capacity and then have something to look forward to in the evening time to close the day off and then have a chill out time.
0: That's really good that's useful I'm into that I think getting out is key and one of the benefits of this lockdown might be that Irish people finally learn how to dress for the weather um, big fan of a giant coat, big fan of thermals or leggings under your jeans or trackies or whatever. And once you realise that you don't actually have to be cold and that we probably should get used to it being a bit drizzly and blustery at some stage in this
1: millennium. Or I trained my legs not to get cold because I like them. Oh my tell me how the how you did this. I just don't like wearing tights so and I like wearing skirts a lot. So I just was if you just wear socks and your skirt, eventually your legs get used to it and you never don't get cold.
0: This seems like some kind of goop uh, special. Michelle, like oh,
1: try- my sister did it as well. Never get cold legs. Anyway, that's science. <laughs> um, but
0: definitely getting out and definitely looking at trees. That is a vibe. And hugging them.
1: I made, yeah. I made my sister hug trees when we were in the forest the the day. She was like, you have lost the plot. And... <laughs> um, namaste nature also let's think about we've been doing talking about this a lot of like the content you absorb and um, from and you choose that but also the content you put out is twitter the right place to put your age and it's uh, like you i find myself i'm literally driving around having fun oh my god and i'm formulating the rage into like 180 characters or whatever it is and i'm like actually you don't need to post that everyone doesn't need to know every thought you're having about what's making your
0: yeah. And then you just are adding to the rage hole. Um, I think as well, being aware of other people's situations, everyone is in a different kind of situation. You may not know uh, what your pals are going through or another family member or something. So just be mindful of that. Um, you know, you do have a responsibility to understand and appreciate what other people are going through. Um, for a lot of people, this is not like a law, you know, and um it's not, you know, there, there are bigger things going on than like being bored and those kind of things. So just to be mindful of that. And again, Andre, that speaks to, I suppose, what kind of content you're you're putting out on your social media. Also, stuff like also.
1: Whatever content you're putting out and whatever content you're putting into other people's inboxes that you don't know, you don't know what they're doing. So don't be judging, like whatever, um, where they are, what they're doing. There could be reasons for what that is. And mind your own business. Not just mind your own business, uh, but honestly, th- like, Keep your ducks in a line. Do the right thing, and don't get in a tizzy of like, "Oh my god, I saw that person and three people are but fuck off!" Just like, mind your business.
0: You can follow the news cycle without it swallowing you. Uh, when you find out how to do this, please email me. And uh, no, um, you don't have to be plugged in all the time. There are different ways of being and being connected and understanding what's going on in current affairs that aren't about following everything that happens and reacting to it and getting angry about it and, you know, being like totally losing your mind every morning because you've listened to Morning Ireland for too long. Or, you know, if you are feeling that kind of thing where you just feel addled and you just feel like your mind and your head spaces has been totally taken up by the external situation, you can't control that. So try and create your own little microclimate of what you can control And then you'll probably be a bit calmer and be able to just get on with your stuff without following the soap opera of politics and so on.
1: And also, this is something that I have learned from the AA prayer. If you can't, like like you said, you can't change it. Only take on things that you're actually willing to go and do something about and not just tweet about or give out to your friends or whoever's listening to you about. If you're unhappy with something, don't just rant go, okay, can I do something to change this? Do I need to contact a TD or do I need to, like, is there some way I can get involved in a group who are doing something about this? Or can I take on a project myself? Can I create a project myself? But if you're not going to do any of those, you're just going to have to let it go because otherwise you're just putting yourself into a ball of rage. And if you don't let these things go, that energy consumes you.
0: Alternatively, get a job as a columnist. (laughs) um speaking of writing uh journal diary uh write some little notes to yourself try and articulate what you're going through it helps process it helps make sense of your feelings about yourself and better that you're actually writing down you know what you're feeling and then kind of putting it away than just like splurging on social media
1: does that actually help i just think I don't, it's not for me and that's fine, but I, do, I just don't understand it. Is it not a bit like then making you go in about what you're stressed about even more?
0: What do you mean just writing a diary?
1: Yeah, you're because you're sitting, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's...
0: I think it can help. Sometimes for me, I I know that I'm feeling something, but I'm not really sure. I I, I can only make sense of it when I write it down. It comes, it starts making sense as I write So then I'm like, oh, that's what I'm actually feeling. I I think I'm more able to make sense of what I'm feeling when I'm writing it rather than thinking about it because I grew up in Ireland and everybody is emotionally constipated. (laughs) Um, We can write though, us Irish. Um, Now, the other part of this lockdown is that this is key. We have to connect with the magic of this time of year. This is in and around Samhain. This is a very, very important time in the Celtic calendar and in, you know, just the earth and the light and the atmosphere. This is when, you know, uh, the other world kind of opens up and spirits can roam free back and forth and we're guided by the dead and huge connections with the nature of decaying, you know, like plants and foliage, and, and things are kind of coming to an end, and there's so much like energy and juicy vibes in this turning of the season into something else. Um, and yeah, just like accessing that is a vibe. Uh, so thinking about Samhain, like maybe is there a ritual that you could do, or is there some way that you could mark that. Everybody's talking about Halloween and trick-or-treating and all that. Obviously, Halloween comes from sound. But thinking about that really, really important part of our calendar in this country, what are you going to do to mark that? Because it's a really good time to like let go of bad practices and uh, turn the page and let the like spirits and the dead guide us into something else. And just because the light is shortening doesn't mean that it's like, has to be emotionally dark. Like there's a lot of um, interesting sparkliness in that what
1: do you think of uh, my new career as a druid I'm into it obviously now that I'm a a presenter on Ear to the Ground next season (laughs) Um, but tonight was one of the nicest lights I've ever seen driving home it was so stunning Um, and I'm flat out chasing chasing the light of sunset on Sally Gap Um, so I'll keep everyone updated every week if I've gotten that yet but yes I think the druid life Is for you and uh, maybe you should start a new column on (laughs) Druidie.
0: Okay. Okay. I'll try that if the rest of the stuff doesn't work out. So those are our coping mechanisms for lockdown too. It's going to be a different one, but I think there's going to be lots of valuable stuff to be gained from it if we are ready to pay attention. But now it's time to go splish, splash. We're taking a bath. What's getting in the sea, Andrea?
1: Well, 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 our (laughs) favourite, our favourite doctor, um, (laughs) Dr. Kira Kelly, has taken it upon herself that she is going to really fill those shoes of George Hook. She has taken it to, she's kind of been splashing around in these uh, uh, muddy waters for a little while with a few little outing rape survivors on air and... um, you know, going, saying what was a period poverty was a lie and then mounting a, oh, I'm collecting tampons to give away. Like, she's just, I don't know. Anyway, her last uh, foray into this area is literally doing a monologue on how this lockdown is not the solution. And, grand people have all different things, but it's just the way she's approaching it is just... So divisive, riling people up, not providing solutions, um, just getting people angry. And it just is the last thing we need, I feel like, from a a presenter on an airwave for the mood we need to set at this time. And George Hook was... The king of just getting people riled up and getting clickbait and getting talkability on social networks, and obviously they're a commercial station and they're looking for clicks and listens and all that shenanigans. But it's just really violent and really gross, and it just—I just think it needs to get in the sea.
0: Yeah, very antagonistic, isn't it? It's like it's so easy to just uh, stir the pot. Because people are on the edge, you
1: know. Yeah, and people are frustrated, and you're not. You're taking that frustration and amplifying it rather than how can I take this frustration and maybe divert, like get rid of it or like hmm. channel it into something more productive. But just to actually fuel it to get talkability in your name all over the place is just wild. It's just wrong. Okay, that's getting in the sea then. Uh, work. I need to finish that with a bit more oomph. Kira Callie can get in the sea.
0: Jesus, Andre, she's going to come for us. Oh. Um, so,
1: uh, it's bananas. What's bananas this week? Oh my God, it is absolutely bananas. It's something new. I haven't had it in here in a while. It's literally the same thing as last week and it's still fucking bananas. Um, and since last week there's been loads of movement on it, Uh, still so as bananas as it was last week, it was literally like uh, a a bunch of fives and duns last week now it's the plantation of banana in uh, (laughs) wherever plantations of bananas are (sighs) come living, how am I still having this conversation, I literally it (laughs) I get over it and I'm like oh it's so in bits but like hopefully it's on the way out councillors are like mounting campaigns everyone's saying they hate it and I did a very scientific um, poll on Twitter um, asking if people would like to live in co-living and every single person voted no like, and there was like 150 votes. That's like practically research. Um, practically
0: in, a, a Clareburn live poll right there, Andrew.
1: Oh, there was no mock-up this week. Anyway, but back to co-living. Uh, so now beside the Victorian, beautiful Victorian fruit market, um, uh, application for co-living has gone in on Cable Street. Now there's two issues. One, it's 506 beds but only 300 rooms. So people are doing in their own bedroom. And also it is like way higher than DCC's um, rules of heights. And I know there's a big conversation going on about Dublin getting higher and what that means and what's adding to the, are we adding actually more rooms and bedrooms? And are we actually just inflating the price of the actual ground, piece of land, that's a whole different conversation. So heights we're not actually even addressing in this conversation. It's the co-living um, living in, like, I was like, it, the whole selling point is that you're near takeaways and that you have high speed wifi, Wi-Fi. You have that everywhere. But you're living in a car space. You can't have sessions. You can't have a dinner party. You can't have people over. You can't sit in your underwear and watch a movie on the couch. Is there anything better in hibernation? No. So, like, nobody wants it. it like, it's, you could literally live in a car next door to McDonald's and get the same bonuses from it like it's like how 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 now Sinn Féin have launched a bill um, to ban co-living which is stunning news go on Anna Brain Um, but also in shit news that's also bananas is that James Joyce's House of the Dead on the Keys um, has been given clearance to be turned into a a museum now Maybe like something from a like honoring James Joyce. No. What about a 56 bed tourist hostel? Yeah. That has gotten the, the, like, I just can't, it's just bananas. And it actually is so frustrating because every time you do this, you see everyone going, get in touch with your councillors. This is not good enough. Use your vote to like not vote for your councillors. It's like you know, as amazing as loads of those councillors are, their hands are tied because they can't do anything. Because we have a non-elected executive um, in Dublin City Council who are making all these decisions, and they're answerable to no one. Um, the people of Dublin have no say in this, and uh, they're just popping along, making all these decisions to eradicate our culture, heritage, and beautiful buildings, um, and not give us what we actually want, which is definitely not co-living. So it's all fucking bananas, and I just can't cope anymore.
0: Yeah, co living just really needs to get fucked. It's just ridiculous. It's bananas. So, <laughs> it is bananas. It is bananas. Okay, now for our fave bits. Andre, hit me with your joys fave
1: bits, please. I will. I'm going to do them fast because I actually have loads of them. First up. The joy of public service broadcasting. Now, this has been coming around in my head a lot because I've been listening to Lyric FM. I've been listening to Orty late at night, Radio One on my drives home sometimes. I've been watching, I've also been living with my mom, so she would listen to maybe some more commercial stations. And it's just the constant jibber jabber on commercial stations because they're trying to keep you entertained, they're trying to keep you tuned in, they're trying to Bomb, 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 ads. We're zany, we're fun. And there's no space for like thoughts and contemplativeness and anything that's not commercially viable that's reaching a mass audience. Whereas sometimes when you're driving home listening to Arena, there's a lot of niche stuff that's being given a platform on a broadcasting, which would never get to see the light of day on a commercial station because it might not get loads of listeners. But it's so beautiful to have the pop, the, the choice to listen to it and and it, it's such lovely radio and also it's just a real blessing i think public service broadcasting that it isn't dependent on we have to get 100 million listeners and a constant growth um, and obviously there's problems with uh, funding and all that kind of jazz but i just think public service broadcasting is absolutely a blessing and that we should really fight to keep it um, if it is under threat also I like I like things I like I feel like a primary school teacher I like on post giving free pills to nursing homes and residential facilities and all those kind of jazz it's a really nice gesture and it's the kind of thing I think is a feel-good thing that businesses should think about right now and how they can bring some positivity and helping to people in this time rather than just maybe giving out about what a hard time it is and looking for support and all that thing. It's like, what can you bring to somebody else is something to think about. Um, Also, there was this video of a man having a bubble bath in a fountain in Dublin the other day, and it was just really wholesome and gorgeous and fun and nice and like more of that. Something that wasn't so not bright and fun was this amazing program I stumbled on last night called Mrs. America. It's on, it was on RTE and it was season one, episode eight last night. I thought it was a film and it was about uh, fighting for women's rights and this woman who was a conservative. And the episode it was in was her kind of having her mind turned that she might actually want to join the liberal lesbians and it was just uh, it's really beautiful as well I haven't looked into it I don't know where it's come from I just um, was reminded of it I would definitely recommend looking into it I'm going to start it from the start and I never watch things so it's like this is huge but what I do love is art Um, I love art primary school teacher again, it's our time Uh, the RHA, their annual exhibition has come around and it's one of the like I just think it's one of the best things in the art calendar, it opens up the gallery to submissions and then they have this exhibition of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of art in their beautiful rooms Um, and obviously that's been uh, kiboshed with uh, restriction life but it's all gone online so I would definitely give that a look in and my last favourite, oh my God, I can't stop watching it, it's so good, is uh, Lee Racker <laughs> Went, was uh, the Tonsta, tur- someone sent me the video, so I can't, I don't even know what it's from, but Ton, Thon- or shirt turns around in the middle of the speech, he's like, Tonsta, do you want to answer that? And it's about when the restrictions come in, and it was that. Uh, midnight on Wednesday and it was like midnight on Wednesday is that 12 o'clock on Tuesday or is that like is that in the morning time or the night I always get confused about where midnight is and da 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 so there's a lot of confusion, and then he, it was obviously scarlet. So then he just went for um, a little drink of his water, and the water he drinks the water, and it, the glass is empty that it's drinking from. It's I don't know why it's so funny, but it's just so gas. Yeah,
0: it's 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 midnight on Wednesday, twenty first of October. That's Tuesday night going into
2: Wednesday morning. No. I think.
1: No. So Wednesday going to Thursday. Okay, so. Yeah, I, I, I always thought midnight was actually on the day. But anyway, they were, so I sat down so. Yeah, so, so not, not tomorrow, the day after. was his of course.
2: His glass is empty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's it. They're all my favourites. That's my.
0: I'm, I'm into those. Um, I'm on a bit of an RD tip as well. I'd um, house, which is the LGBT. A community Resource Centre in Dublin is having an uh, online art auction in uh, in order to uh, fundraise for their uh, really vital work. So if you go to outhouse.ie you'll be able to look at all of the amazing artists there who are auctioning their works. Loads of people like James Kerwin and Leah Houston and Fuchsia Makari and just loads of deadly people. So check that out. outhouse.ie and um, One of my favourite artists, for those I love, uh, Dave Balfe, has a new video out called Top Scheme. Check that out. It is deadly. Uh, My other fave bit is Liveline on Wednesday this week, where Joe Duffy was having this hilarious conversation with these three or four guys about the widget gone out of the Guinness can. Gold. Sometimes I really, really just love Liveline. Line.
1: And my other favorite oh, absolutely bit... Absolutely brilliant. Again, public service broadcasting. Yeah. And um, my other favorite uh, bit uh, is... Widgets though, is it because there's a shortage of them or something? Yes.
0: Yeah, so basically the supply chain of widgets has been disrupted by the COVID-19 still with us. Um, and uh, so they've had to use non-widget draft or like cans, not draft cans, you know the way they call it, draft is can, blah. So, uh, it won't be till next year that the widgets will be back.
1: Have you not turn upside down? That's it. Anyway.
0: Yeah, it's just, it is different. It's different. Anyway, l- listen, you can, <laughs> I feel like I'm going, I'm like, Acting out the uh, live line episode like some kind of dramatization, um, and then my other five bit is the We're Mondrian a next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Mondrian staircase uh, that was put on the National Gallery for their Mondrian exhibition, which will hopefully be opening when we are back out of lockdown. So those are the my five bits. My other five bit is I just um, re- was rereading um, uh, Eileen Miles book called Not Me a collection of her poetry she's one of my favourite poets and at the end of one of the poems was just a few lines that I thought was very relevant to now now more than any other time in history you really ought to please yourself because in mysterious winds a cave inside your soul might be the only place to go and on that note this podcast is produced by Andrew Mang and Castaway Media Chris Clear gave us his tune chicken roll for a soundtrack Sarah Fox did all our design <laughs>
1: Thank you to Bla and Tracy for the gorgeous shout out on RTE today. We were on the telly box. they were playing our Wicklow episode. Woo! Um, so that's, that's amazing. Like that's so deadly. Thank you. Yeah, it was fab. Um, guys, you can find links to all of our socials on our website, and it's not really that hard to find socials anymore. Is it? We're Twitter, Instagram. We're not on Facebook anymore. Um, and if you are enjoying listening. Let us know, or better yet, give us a review. Actually, can we all make a decision to give us a review this week? I'm, I kind of want to get a few nice stars going. Go on for that. Yeah. um. And if you have any suggestions for subjects you'd like us to look at for an episode, drop us a mail or DM. We probably won't do it. I know we will. We take them all very much on board. But we did get two counties in there. Hopefully we'll be back to counties next week. Till then, we bid you adieu. But before that
0: what's a tuna chicken roll I'm excited
1: <laughs> it is giving I mean absolute life you really like I would like everyone to turn up their sound to the max when it starts playing and it really it's it's probably it's it is really soothing but it's also a tuna chicken roll but it's also anyway I'm not I'm just gonna tell you that love is in fact a battlefield yes